Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Several years ago, I had the privilege of having devotional every Sunday with the oldest Sunday school class, the class that nobody wanted to promote to, the class that nobody wanted to join. So you can imagine it sort of dwindled. But that class was composed of the stand of this church, the people who stood out, the people who had that faith that they were raised to believe and understand. They walked with God every day. And I had a devotion one to Sunday, and after it was over, Preacher Kirby came up to me and put his arms around me, and he said, I want to give you a secret. When you pray this prayer, where the word my is, put somebody's name in it. Pray for them. Pray for a reason. So as I read this today, the Lord is my shepherd. Think quietly of someone you would like to pray specifically for. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path, brings honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not Hymn number 671, God Who's Giving Knows No Ending, 671. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn 671.
may be seated. I invite the children from the church to come forward. Hey, Branch. That's what? He was missing. We'll be all right, don't you think? Okay. All right, I have a scripture that I want to share with you today from a book in the Bible that we don't read a lot from called Colossians. Chapter 4, verse 2. Give a lot of time and effort to prayer. Always be watchful. Always be thankful. We talk a lot about prayer, don't we? We say our prayers at night. We say our prayers at night and we think about people who are sick and things we need to thank God for, don't we, Piper? Well, I made you something today that I want to... I'm going to ask you to do a homework assignment. How many of you have homework to do? A lot. A lot of homework already? No. We, we have to do a... Yes, yeah. I know what we have to do. Well, this is your homework for this week. Okay. What kind of homework? Well, let's... Just okay. give me a second. Okay. There's one of these rings for every day of the week. Huh? And when you get up in the morning or when you get ready for bed at night, I want you to take your ring and I want you to tear one off. And when you do, I want you to say a very simple prayer. Oh. Don't I want you to say just a very simple prayer, one that we forget a lot to do. Are we gonna get one? Yes, you're gonna I'm get one. I'm not gonna tear one off because I don't. The prayer that I want you to say, just one second, Callan. The prayer that I want you to say is thank you, God, for. Can you say that? Can you guys say that after me? Thank you, God, for. Can you? Thank you, God, for. All right, I want you to thank you for, and then you say somebody's name when you say, thank you, God, for like mom or dad or brother. Or anybody. Or anybody, that's exactly right, or anybody. But I want you to thank God because that's one of the things we forget to do when we ask God for things. We ask him to do things for us or help those that are sick, but sometimes we forget to say, thank you, God. Can you do that for me? Ah, yeah. oh, no, you can. A person, that's exactly right. We have to say a person. You didn't say one. Oh, well, I'm going to in just a minute, okay? All right, can we have our prayer? Yes! Okay. Yes! Levi? Levi? I'm here. Levi. Thank you, God, for these children. Thank you, God, for their moms and their dads, for their families, for their friends. Thank you, God, for this church and what it means to our families, our communities, to us as an individual. Thank you, God, for the many blessings that you have given us this week. Keep us safe. Keep your arms around us. Protect us. Guide us. It's in your son's name. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome once again to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you're here today. 
Uh, we have a lot of good churches in our area, and we are delighted that you've chosen to worship here at Bowling Springs Baptist on this cold last Sunday of January, and we're glad you're here. I want to mention just a few prayer concerns. Well, before I mention prayer concerns, let me remind you, many of you have signed up to participate in our devotional project uh, for Lent as we prepare for Easter. It seems like Christmas was just here, but as we move towards Easter, uh, those are due to the office by this Friday. If you could help us with that, we would greatly appreciate it. But that is shaping up to be a great project, and we, we're going to have about 500 devotionals that will be here uh, the last Sunday of February that you will have to read during the season of Lent, and you can also give those to neighbors and friends and have conversations with them, many of which maybe it would encourage you to do that to maybe some who aren't active in a local church. And so be praying about how you can use those uh, for God's glory as we move towards closer to Easter. As far as prayer concerns this morning, I would appreciate your concern, uh, your prayers and thoughts for my dad. He, last Sunday night, I left and went to the, to the home and Monday morning uh, we called EMS. He was not able to go in the car to the EMS, but he, he's had a, a fracture in his lower back. We don't know how it happened. Uh, he didn't fall. Uh, and right now he is not walking much at all, but shows signs that he will be doing that with some rehab. And so he has been at the hospital in Hendersonville since Monday night. And I've been going back and forth almost daily. And so pray for me, pray for him ultimately, that God would bring some renewed strength and healing uh, to his back and, uh, at this time. Let's continue to remember Roger Humphreys, who continues to improve at home. And also Lib Jones had back surgery this week. And as she's recovering, let's remember her. And Lana Hinkle, and I think of uh, Larry Morrison, I think of others in our church family that are undergoing treatment. And at this time, uh, let us be mindful of them and continue daily to lift them up to the Lord in prayer. As we come into this place, I know that we all have things on our hearts and our minds that uh, our week uh, hands our way. Some of which may be great joys and celebrations that we want to praise God for this morning. And others of which are heavy on our hearts and on our minds that burden us this morning. So I'm going to give you just a brief moment to lift those up to the Lord, and then we will join together in our corporate prayer this morning. Let's pray together. God, I'm mindful of the scripture in Psalms where you, David writes, as the deer pants for the water, so our very souls panteth after you, O God. Father, I think of the New Testament verse in James that, where he wrote, if we will draw near to you, you will draw near to us. We've come together this morning as your body of believers exalting the name of Jesus Christ. As was sung at the very beginning of our service, what a beautiful name it is. It is a name above all names, a name that brings hope and salvation, a name that gives us purpose and meaning in this life a name that can bring healing to those with infirmities, a name that can comfort those who grieve. And so, Father, we claim all of your promises that are found within your word today, and we do pray for healing for those names that we've mentioned. We do pray for strength for those who just feel weak at this hour, who are, over, who are burdened by the, the cares of this world. Maybe they have to do with finances. Maybe they have to do with relationship issues that are unresolved. Father, I pray this morning that you would meet each one at the point of their need, and I pray that they would realize the greatness of our God as they leave this place today, that you are omnipotent and you are omnipresent. Father, you are all-powerful and all-sufficient. Lord, we confess that we need you, Father. 
We are dependent people. As much as we seek our independence, Father, we are so dependent upon you for daily life and breath and provision. Father, we pray for those who serve you in harm's way today, both here in this country and around the world. We pray for provision for our missionaries on the field. God, we pray for fruitful ministries. Help us to be faithful in our support of them and our prayers for them, not only during seasons of offering, but throughout, our, throughout the year. Lord, we love you. We commit this day to you. As we open up your word once again to this unique theme of Jubilee found in the Old Testament, Lord, stir our, stir our hearts. Teach us more about what it means to be a good steward, a good manager of the things that we think are ours, but ultimately belong to you. Challenge us in new and fresh ways today. Lead us all to a closer relationship with you. And Father, when we leave this place today, may we say it's good to have been in the house of the Lord. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is number 667, As Saints of Old Their First Fruits Brought. 667. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. my husband gave some last week. I'll tithe next week. Gee, I wonder how much money the church is wasting on these little envelopes. You can have it, but I want you to know I'm not happy about it. I made all those cookies for kids smoker. God's really not going to miss my money. Who really cares if I tithe for my bonus? Once my taxes are all paid. After my credit cards. Once my car is paid off. Once my loans are paid off, then I'll tithe. I'll start giving again. Then I can tithe. Then I can tithe. I have so little to give. 
The game starts at 1.15 and we leave church by 12.30. We can grab lunch and have 15 minutes to make it iron home. On. I love you, God. I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank I love you, you God. I love you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love you, God. I love you. Would you bow with me as we go to the Lord in prayer at this time? We thank thee, our Father, for this opportunity which we have to join together and for the beauty of the earth about us and for the beauty of this place in which we worship you. You call us into fellowship with you. We bear witness to your love and your transforming power of Christ our Lord. You call us to a deeper commitment in all of life and may we truly freely and willingly give ourselves, our talents, our tithes, and our offerings to you for the work here in our church, in our community, and around the world. Amen.
I know I often think the choir pretty big at cantatas and things like that, but I, I do honestly, sincerely want to thank you guys every week. You're here, you're practicing, you lead us uh, to the throne, you lead us up to this place where we read and, and we hear from God's word, and so thank you. And, and two things I've noticed in, in my weeks, I know when, when Candy, you know, she, she moves her feet back like this, but I notice when she plants, something's about to come from you guys. <laughs> When she plants those two feet, um, something, something's coming, and it's going to be strong, and it's going to be good, but thank you. And I also owe you an apology, because I was just asked for an offering plate, and I didn't pass it, and we even saw a video about it. And so, do you need an offering plate? Did you, you still need the offering plate? Did you give? Anyway, anyway. All right. Sorry about that. They asked me for an offering plate, and we even saw a video about it, and I still forgot it. Um, I appreciate you being here this morning, uh, knowing that uh, you know, early on in, in January that I was preaching from the book of Leviticus, and you keep showing up in January, and so I'm grateful for that. I hope you've enjoyed the, the messages that come from this theme of Jubilee, uh, experiencing this 50-year time of renewal and restoration, resetting the clock, hitting the reset button, if you will, is what we've called it. And I'm grateful that you're here this morning. And I don't know if, if um, I gave Roger because I was, I was debating about exactly what to read this week, uh, but I do want to read the traditional passage once more from Leviticus chapter 25. I don't know if it made it to the screens this week or not, but uh, verses 1 through 13 of Leviticus 25. And I encourage you to turn there in your pew Bible or your Bible that you brought with you. The Lord then spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I shall give you, then the land shall have a Sabbath, a rest to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its crop. But during the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Your harvest after growth you shall not reap, and your grapes of untrimmed vines you shall not gather and the land shall have a sabbatical year. All of you shall have the Sabbath products of the land for food, yourself and your mate, your female slaves, your hired man, and your foreign resident, those who live as aliens with you. Even your cattle and the animals that are in your land shall have all its crops to eat. You are also to count off seven Sabbath years for yourself, seven times seven years, so that you have the time of the seven Sabbaths of years, namely 49 years. So hang on with me here. Verse 9, you shall then sound a ram's horn abroad on the tenth day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. You shall sound the horn all through your land. And you shall thus consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his own property, and each of you shall return to his family. You shall have the fiftieth year as a jubilee, and you shall not sow nor reap its aftergrowth nor gather in from its untrimmed vines, for it is a jubilee, and it shall be holy to you. You shall eat of its crop of its field. On this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his own property. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word this morning. Like I said, as we continue throughout this month, this theme of the year of jubilee hitting the reset button, it is a significant year in the life of our church. This last fall, we celebrated 50 years being in this sanctuary and in this facility. And as I meditated on that late December and early into January, this seemed to be a fitting theme for us to carry us into a new year, a new era, a new decade if you will. And there's a lot with Jubilee. Uh, we've looked at this theme of forgiveness on the first Sunday. We've looked at this theme of simplicity. 
that is uh, present in Jubilee. And then last Sunday, we had a wonderful Sunday. I appreciate Jay and Lee and um, Justin sharing with us last Sunday, the bluegrass group and the quartet. And it truly was a wonderful day to be together. And the spirit of the Lord was here in a special way. But as we continue this morning, we're going to look at a new theme uh, of stewardship, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, let me remind you again, this was uh, Sabbath year. So the Sabbath year, this was most uh, pre-exilic time. This was uh, the law that Moses received on Mount Sinai as he's instructing the people of Israel. So on the seventh year, they would have a year of rest. They would rest from the planting and the sowing. Debts would be forgiven. Property would be restored. Uh, There was just a great significance in the life of the people of God. Jubilee began on the annual day of atonement in that 50th year with the sound of a trumpet. The sound of the shofar would be sounded on the day of atonement in that 50th year. And the priest would announce the year of the Lord with a ram's horn. The word yovel or uh, yobel or yovel meaning ram's horn or trumpet. And this sound would recognize as a sound of God's presence and God's favor. So for those who are a little sleepy-eyed again this morning, I told you you'd be hearing this throughout January, and so I'm going to attempt, I'm not feeling 100% this morning, but I'm going to attempt to to see what we can do with this thing again this morning. There we go. All right. In this year of Jubilee, like I said, the land rested, the slaves went free, and the land reverted back to its original owner. The Day of Atonement, uh, if you will, uh, cleansed the temple and the community and made room for a fresh start, a reset, if you will, for the people of God. The last season, I've been led to focus uh, on surrounding this Jubilee theme. The last lesson, excuse me, that I've been led to focus on surrounding this Jubilee theme is one that relates to what we've been doing these last two years at Bowling Springs Baptist. Two years ago, we raised money for a new bus. This last year is more applicable. We raised money for new windows. We are seeking to be good stewards of what God has given us. This is not our church. It is his church. And as we will learn this morning with stewardship, we are managing what we think is ours, but is really God's. And we raise money for new windows. Those new windows are being replaced and we can see the progress of that each week. As we think about uh, our 50 years for the people of God in the years of Jubilee, again, we are celebrating and remembering that significant time in the life of our church. A biblical view of stewardship could be defined as this. We're going to unpack this this morning, but just hear this definition. Utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. Let me say that again. Utilizing and managing all the resources God provides us for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. In the year of Jubilee, the people of God were being good stewards with the land that God had, has given them. As we experience a rest, a Sabbath each week, God had instructed Moses to instruct the people to let the land rest on the seventh year. There was also other ways that stewardship was lived out among this time of Jubilee with both property and the ownership of property, the freeing of slaves and the forgiving of debts. In Psalm 24, 1, we read these words, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. In the Old Testament, stewardship can refer to a responsibility for property which belongs to someone else, to manage something on someone's 
behalf would be a great definition of stewardship as well. As I said earlier, this church ultimately belongs to God. And as we are putting new windows, we are striving to be good steward, stewards of what belongs to him. This last week, I want to illustrate this by something very relevant in my life this week. Uh, I just shared during the prayer time that my dad is, is in the hospital. Um, not knowing where everything's going to go. I think dad's going to go to some rehab here today or tomorrow, and he's going to be there for a few weeks, and he, he'll be able to come home. But just in light of some big questions that, that I have and his baby brother has in Cary, North Carolina, dad was telling me, you know, where the wheel is. And, and, you know, as you think about hospital and what ifs and all this kind of stuff, you can't help but try to be prepared as best you can as a family. Those conversations are not always pleasant, but, but they're necessary. So dad was reminding, you know, I think the wheel says this, or, you know, they were asking dad too about, um, you know, would he like to have life-saving measures and all those questions that typically anyone is, is asked when you come into the ER. And so my curiosity and my, his younger brother as well, and dad was telling us where the wheel and power of attorney, and we had some questions about that. So I went and I looked and I read, pulled out a file where dad said it was at the house and just looked over those, um, those important documents this week as dad was um, having his struggles there as well. But as, as a power of attorney is what I am and what my, uh, what my uncle and his younger brother is to dad's estate, there is a healthcare power of attorney. There are those that have been given permission to speak on behalf of dad's health should he become incapacitated. And then there's the durable power of attorney, that power of attorney that uh, speaks and writes and, and acts on behalf of financial and legal matters, property and, and, and checking and banking and stocks and, and things like that as well. So therefore, I am asked to be a good steward of what does not belong to me. If this church does not belong to us, it belongs to God. We are to be good stewards. I have been given the responsibility as a son to be a good steward of those things that belong to my dad as the power of attorney. Managing someone else's resources with care and wisdom. Now, as I've thought more about this in relationship to God, I want to ask you a question. And I'm not sure. I think I agree with this myself. If you disagree with this, tell me why after church and let's talk about it. But are we not acting as God's power of attorney? I've never thought about that till this week, till what I've been dealing with and, and I'm bringing it before you this morning. And I think I agree with what I just said, but you, let's talk more afterwards if you wanna continue that conversation. Are we not acting as God's power of attorney? Let me explain. If it all belongs to God, our health, our very lives, our bodies, our finances, anything that we think we own, are we not acting on God's behalf regarding the stewardship of everything that we think we own? Are we, am I making sense? Have I really confused you at this point? Um, in general, to steward is to manage some, something on someone's behalf. We do that when we give to the offering. We do that when we care for our facility. If our bodies are not our own, we're gonna look at some scriptures in just a moment. Um, we have been given this physical body, we are to steward it well. We are to care for it in the things that we partake, the food that we eat, the things that we drink, the habits that we have, the way that we care for ourselves. We are to steward the gift of our physical body that God has given us. Another example is if you, I know a lot of teenagers babysit, and if you are babysitting, in a sense, you are being a manager, you are being a steward of what belongs to someone else, in a sense, and you are now responsible for something that does not belong to you. 
it belongs to, the, or the child belongs to the parents. And so you are babysitting and you are being, you're desiring to be a good steward of your time uh, of childcare that you're providing. If you help run an office or manage something, you're being a steward of something that does not belong to you. Uh, whether it's an office manager or a leader, a president, a pastor, whatever, whatever the case may be, we are desiring to be responsible party for something that does not belong to us. We have been entrusted with that responsibility. If you were a steward in the ancient Greek culture, you were not the owner of the house. Instead, you would have been the manager of the house and the household affairs. I can't help but think of, I believe it's Joseph in Potter's house is a perfect example in scripture of what that looks like, to manage a household, to be a good steward of something that does not belong to you. Your life, our life is on loan from God. Regardless if we acknowledge this or not, God calls you to steward everything about your life for his glory and the good of others. As I said earlier, we're to be a good steward of our body, our diet, our exercise, our lifestyle choices. This body has been given to us by the Lord. He is the one that brought us into the world and ultimately will be the one that we return to when we exit this world. How are you and I stewarding our bodies by our diet, by our exercise? Are we, do we have habits that harm the body that God has given us? What about being a good steward of the things that we think we own? And I say that very intentionally. If God created everything and owns everything, what do we really own in a sense? You follow me? Good, if, we're, if we're to be good stewards of the things that we think we own, our car, our home, are we using both? Are we using each of those for God's glory? What about our property? What about our finances and our investments? What about our animals that God has given us? Um, clothes, anything, like I said, that we think we own, are we being good stewards with those things? Are we being a good steward with our time? How are we managing our time? Time is a gift. Those of us that have, are getting a few more years on him, as I think about that with my dad this week, he's 80 years old, time is a gift. Dad has used that time well. He's been a good steward of that time. Are you and I, as we relate to our families, as we manage and, and help every, you know, manage our, run our homes and everyday life, are we being a good steward with the time that God has given us? Are we being a good steward with the gifts and the talents that God has given us? We often hear about that in church, right? And spiritual gifts, and Lee talked about, did a great job talking about that last Sunday. Are we being a good steward with the ways that God has gifted us? To help us understand the duties of a steward in the Bible, there are certain themes that are emphasized. I've alluded to some of those already. I found some this morning, uh, Jesse Wisniewski, he's an author, that uh, he, he summarized them, and I won't be using all of what he did, but uh, the first one, this major theme of stewardship is, the, is what I've said before, God created everything. The very first verse of scripture tells us this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the beginning of all biblical stewardship principles. Paul later said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. All things were created through him and for him. Biblical stewardship starts with that theme. God created everything. God also owns everything. Not only did God create everything, God owns everything. This is the beginning of all biblical stewardship as well. Your life, our life is on loan from God. He has given you your life to steward for his glory and for your good. As the owner of everything, God desires for all things to be redeemed, including people, governments, 
businesses, and the arts. Said another way, God desires for everything to bring him glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Psalm 24, 1 that I read earlier, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. God created everything. He owns everything. And in light of that, God has delegated to us a responsibility to steward the things that he has given us well. That also goes back to Genesis. As, the, as Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were given a responsibility to manage all those things and have dominion over the land and the sea. You and I, it's not just a, a certain group in our society or in our country today that should be concerned about the environment. The people of God should be concerned about the environment. How are we uh, helping? How are we hurting? And what can we do to help create a world not only that's a healthy place for us to live, but for future generations as well. God delegates us. He gives us a certain sense of responsibility. If we are God's power of attorney, then we have responsibility to him for our actions, for our words. Another major theme in stewardship is we personally steward resources. God commands us not to love money, but be content with what we have. He also commands us to work and to take care of ourselves and our families financially. We see this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. He says, aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. As God's, as someone who's been entrusted with God's resources, we are to steward those resources wisely. I'm grateful that in the last year, there's been a class on uh, ma managing your money. Um, I, I may be getting the title wrong, but I'm, I hope that that's something that we have here on a regular basis. It's something that is needed um, every so often to have as a part of our regular discipleship routine. And another theme is we steward resources for saving. Not only do we steward our, our resources for daily living, but we also steward our resources for saving as well. We think about um, the, the passage that we just read in Leviticus, and we move on into verses 21 and 22. We know that they had to save. God blessed them in the sixth year uh, before uh, the Sabbath year, the sabbatical year, and they saved those resources and supplied for them for the next three years. Because in the seventh year, they didn't plant, but then they had to wait. Again, they had, and then they had the year of Jubilee, and then they had to plant and wait another year before they could harvest what uh, they had sown. And so this, this idea of steward, stewarding what uh, they are saving. Because after all, James 4.14 says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And one that you, you knew I had to be hitting on as pastor, we also steward resources for giving. That's right. We also steward resources for giving. You knew I had to hit on that one. Tithing began in the Old Testament, and it's still commanded today. In the Bible, a tithe is when you give 10% of your annual earnings or your produce, uh, as we often see in uh, the Old Testament with Abraham and Jacob. They, were offer, they would offer a tithe to the Lord, not only of their resources, but also of their produce and also of, um, of the, things that they, the things that they had. And you're probably thinking, well, that was good for them. But what about now? Do I have to tithe? In Matthew 23, 23, the New Testament does not speak of tithing. Paul does speak about giving generously. We saw the verse from 1 Corinthians on the video. But there is one place in the Gospels, Matthew 23, 23, where Jesus speaks about it. And he says this. 
He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and deal and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things that you should have done without neglecting the others. Jesus reminds those Pharisees that they were to be about justice and mercy and faithfulness, but nor are they to neglect the former things, nor are they to neglect the giving of tithes to the Lord's house. Regardless of one's belief about tithing, one thing, can, one thing you cannot avoid is God's command for you and I to give generously. We can do that through different ways. Our church has set up online giving. You can set up the automatic draft. You can put cash, a check in the offering plate. Uh, you can give, I think, through texting is that Roger set that up as well. Uh, but when we give, whatever way we give, it helps us to put things in priority. Under this theme of stewardship this morning, we are reminded that it all belongs to him. Everything that you and I have been given, it all belongs to him. And he asked in the Old Testament and us again today to give generously. And we do that through a tithe. There's different ways of looking at that. Some say when we say offerings, the offering comes after the tithe. After we give our 10%, what that is would be an offering. But there's different ways of looking at that and looking at that and studying it this week. People see it uh, different ways. Again, there will be times in your life when you may not be able to give as much as you would like to give, and I understand that. But aim to steward your resources in such a way that you may, may be able to give more. For you, some it may mean an extra job, to some it may mean saving more, it may, be, it may mean different things to different people. Second Corinthians 9, 6 and 7, the verse that was in that video, it says this, it says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Studies by an organization called State of the Plate, I never heard of it before, says that uh, 10 to 25% of church members tithe. I believe in our church it is higher than, than that. Only 5% of the United States population tithes, according to this study. And on, on average, Christians give 2.5% of their income which is down from the 3.3% given during the Great Depression. I want to challenge the church this morning in something. Many of you know if you keep up with the details of church and our budget and the sheets that come out each month, and we will have a brief conference here this morning at the end of our service. But I want to challenge the church with something. And what I'm about to say may sound elementary or it may, sound, it may not sound like a challenge to some, but it, but it is. I want to challenge each family, each person in the church who has income to tithe during the month of February. And again, some of you say, well, Keith, isn't that what we're supposed to do anyway? Yes, it is. But like I said, some uh, can't give or some just, uh, you know, maybe it's not a full tithe. But I want to encourage you, and maybe even if it can't be a full tithe, to give what you can to the church during the month of February. Many of you do that on a regular basis anyway. I understand that and I know that and the church sees that. But I wanna encourage all of us in the room. I know that all don't do that. And I just wanna encourage you, if you fit into that category, I wanna encourage you to tithe and to be faithful with that during the month of February. And let's see what that looks like and let's see what God can do. We would love to see that every month, but I just want to encourage you and challenge you this morning, if you're not in the regular habit of tithing and giving that for the month of February, and let's see what 
the results of that looks like for our church and what that would look like as we move forward every month for 2020. The last point, the last theme that I want to share with you this morning is we steward resources for helping others as well. This is something that this church has shown me in four and a half years that um, whenever there's a need, you seek to meet it. Sometimes you do that individually. I've seen many of you and know that you do that. Some of you do that through your Sunday school classes. Some of you do that through a men's group or a women's group. You do it through different means. Uh, And that is something that does not go unnoticed. And I certainly see that as your pastor. There's different examples I have here this morning, and I'm not going to go into all that of Scripture. I think I mentioned one earlier, Joseph and Potiphar, managing Potiphar's house is one of the greatest examples of stewardship in the Scripture. He's managing something that does not belong to him, and he certainly did a fine, fine job at that. I want to close, go ahead and close with um, a thought. You know, uh, there's a class on mortality that's taking place on Sunday evenings. I really enjoyed the first week. I wasn't able to be there last week. But I'm hearing good things about that, and it's a, it's a subject that we don't like to talk about. Uh, I don't like to think about it. Uh, like I said, when someone that you love is in the hospital, it forces you to think about some things that you would prefer not to. But I want to close with this example. You've heard something similar to this before, but I want you to think of a tombstone. I know we have someone in our church that loves to think of those often, but um, I want you to think of a tombstone, and most tombstones, not all, but most contain, the first thing is the name of the individual, and the second line would be the date, the date of birth, and then the dash, and then the date of death, with either some type of line or quote or scripture below that date. The main point of the tombstone, in my opinion, is the dash. When you and I leave this earth for the next, we will have to have a discussion. It may not be that much of a discussion on God's part, I'm not sure, but you and I will have to give an account for that dash. How are we stewarding the things that we think we own? I love saying it that way, because we don't really own it. It all belongs to him. How are we stewarding the bodies that God has given us? How are we stewarding our homes and our cars and the resources that God has given us? Are we stewarding those in a way that brings him glory? Everything about who we are and following God and serving him and worshiping him should be about bringing him glory through our words and through our actions. Stewardship is not something that we like to talk about, but nevertheless, managing something that doesn't belong to us. How are we doing in that area? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this church and I'm grateful for all those who faithfully steward well the things that you have given them. Lord, I pray that you would convict each of us in this place today about the things that we think we own and remind us, God, that they truly do belong to you and that you have given us these things to manage. And so, Father, forgive us when we have not done a good job of that, both with our own bodies and with the resources that are under our care. Lord, as we think about this possibility that we are your power of attorney, Lord, help us to steward these things that you have blessed us with well. Help us to live our lives in such a way that when we stand before you face to face, we'll be ready to give an account for the way that we have managed those things that you have blessed us with. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the grace that he offers us when we mess up. And when our priorities get out of whack and get confusing and get distracting, Lord, I'm grateful for that grace and the mercy that you offer us. 
You tell us in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, today, if confession needs to take place, I pray that we would do that. Challenge us, Father. Move us into a deeper fellowship with you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and desire prayer, I would be more than delighted to, to pray with you. The altar is open for you to come and to lift your concerns up to the Lord. If you are here today and desire church membership, uh, there's two ways you can do that. You can come by, uh, well, three ways. You can come by profession of faith and putting your faith and trust in the Lord, and we can talk about baptism. The third, the second way is you can come by transfer of letter from another church. And the third would be you can come uh, by a statement of faith saying, I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I desire to unite with, and I've been baptized, and I desire to unite with this body. Let's stand and sing and allow the words of the hymn to speak to you. Uh, hymn number 665. Let's stand together. Before we continue this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, many of you know this fine couple right here, uh, Brian and Lisa Huntsinger, and they have been with us for some time. Lisa has been in the choir for several months and participated in the cantata and have joined us some on Wednesday evenings as well, but they come, uh, we had a good conversation Friday afternoon, and they come today seeking membership uh, by statement of faith uh, here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. They have both put their uh, faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and been baptized, and they come today to unite with the body of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. What is the pleasure of the church? All those in favor, if you'll raise your hand, wave at them. All right. All those like sign, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here. And um, they are excited and want to plug in and have talked about, we've talked about that as well, different ways that, that they can do that, both in Bible study, but also in service as well. And so I very much appreciate their spirit. Some of you may remember their son, BJ, uh, he was uh, here many years ago and um, had some fellowship with them. I know I've talked with you, a few of you about that, but we look forward to possibly getting to know him some as well. But we're glad you guys are here. And um, I'm going to offer a word of prayer as our benediction. And following this prayer, we will move into um, 
just a brief business conference. So let, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for Lisa and for Brian. I ask for your blessings on them as they seek to continue to strengthen their relationship with you, but also do that through the body here at Bowling Springs Baptist. Lord, may we all serve you together, and um, we thank you for them, Lord, and their commitment to you. Lord, we look forward to welcoming them further after our brief business conference. And uh, God, we just rejoice in you with this day and their, and their uh, joining our fellowship. Lord, bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I encourage you to come by and speak with Brian and Lisa. Hear now the closing benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great Sunday.